Welcome everybody to an episode of um, my podcast and uh, today I'm really, as I'm always excited and delighted with all my guests, but really excited today because we've got the um, awesome, I'm going to get this wrong, uh, Aragorn Merlindites uh, on uh, uh, on today where we're going to talk about all things um, uh, metaverse. There's a lot of chat in the market around metaverse, NFTs, Web 3.0, what does this mean? Um, are we going to go into the world of the lawnmower man and uh, Tron? Yeah, <laughs> reference there for those that uh, those that remember. Uh, um, you, that's barely millennial stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm Gen X. So I'm well, I'm a Zenial apparently. So um, we'll uh, we'll see. But so yeah, this is going to be I think an education for me as much as hopefully the um, audience. So Aragorn, really great to uh, have you on. Uh, before we kick off, do you want to give a bit of a bit of a, an intro to your background and how you've got to this point in terms of um, entering the metaverse? Dare I say? which would need an extra podcast for that, but I'll try, I'll try and do a short one. So first of all, thank you, Alex, for having me. It's really, really pleasure. Uh, actually, it's it's funny. This is the, the first uh, podcast I'm doing in my new role uh, as such. So super happy to be here. Uh, but my, my new role is all about doing this kind of stuff. So I hope many more to follow mm-hmm. and you'll have the premiere. Um, so my background is uh, I've been a salesman for a long time. I initially started working in tech went to Oracle, then I went to LinkedIn, had a, a, a very good run there until I left the company in 2016. And I basically started working for myself as a trainer. And that went from sales training and public speaking training to social selling, which, you know, with my background at LinkedIn made a lot of sense. Yeah. And then I started to do that online. But the truth is that my pa- my hobbies and my passions have always been, I, I'm a very early adopter. You know, I'm the kind of person that had an Alexa or a Google Home in their oh, Alexa, don't don't do anything. <laughs> According to Wikipedia, no, no, Alexa, stop. Don't do anything. <laughs> yes, very very early adopter. Uh, having all that stuff in my house, uh, I got my first virtual reality headset on a pre-order. Got the DK2 Oculus, and I went to the Vive, which at the time was like I don't know 1,400 euros to order a pre-order. Uh, twice as heavy as anything you'd get today, um, but but that 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 was my passion. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to combine the two. And then when the pandemic hit and my basically my, my social selling business took a hit, which is a story for another uh, podcast series. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I had an opportunity to move in, into a new business niche with a friend of mine who was an Unreal Engine developer. Mm-hmm. And that kind of went on for, for a while. And then, you know, two months ago, we broke uh, up or we broke up not a relationship <laughs> like that, but we separated. And yeah. then one of my clients, which is Beam Up and your open metaverse, they said, we want to hire you right away. So I moved into the role of CMO with them. And that's where I've been for the last month. So that's a, that's a quick, um, quick thing. But the, the great thing, yeah, I made a jump here. So your open metaverse the company I work for now, BeamUp, is the real company name, but your open metaverse is, is really what we're all about, okay. is that perfect place for me where virtual reality, crypto, basically all technological innovations, artificial intelligence, all comes together. And I still get to do what I do best, which is talk, this kind of thing, do sales uh, and build relationships. Yeah, awesome. And um, yeah, likewise, I was an independent brand in the social selling world and pandemic hit. And it was a fun time, right? And I'm now where I am at in um, actually a client that then become, <laughs> has become a, a an employer. But again, we can we can talk about that off, offline, maybe. <laughs> let's, I guess, where, where, where to start, really, because it's kind of come from, from, from nowhere in, I guess, the public 
in the public domain. But the concept of the metaverse, I guess, in the gaming world is, is not necessarily a new, new concept around, I guess, you know, Fortnite, Roblox, you know, people even seeking citing kind of Second Life and Sim and Sim yeah. City kind of way, way back when. And certainly from my perspective, you know, I follow Gary V on um, uh, on social. <laughs> he kind of went yeah. kind of nuts all over NF NFTs, which oh, yes. seems to have then kind of morphed into they seem to be becoming synonymous in terms of in terms of where all of this is going so what, mm. for somebody like me who's a lay person doesn't understand all of this what if we can start with what what, what the hell is an nft and and then where does that why is that started to segue into this very public conversation about them the the metaverse if that's the right way to look at it tell me if i'm wrong Okay, no, 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 that, that is actually an interesting take on it because if you, you're you absolutely right. I mean, the metaverse, although the metaverse, you could, I mean, when did the metaverse really start is a very difficult, complicated question to answer, but I would for perhaps say, you know, it started with World of Warcraft, which okay. for yeah. those gay, that people that are into gaming, it was the first real MMORPG, a massive multiplayer online role-playing game mm -hmm. with millions of people playing it. And basically building a second life, which is another game that came out shortly after, okay. next to their, their real life in a virtual space. Um, but this is all inside of games, and these are all basically closed off islands, right? And every, if you're in the game, that's where you are. Everything you have in the game is in the game. And even the skins or the cosmetics or the way you look or what you do, ultimately it's still owned by the gaming company, right? right? Uh, you might pay for a skin in World of Warcraft and mm. they might say that it's yours, but the reality is that it's still their intellectual property. You can't yeah. take it anywhere else. You can't do anything with it. Uh, even if you wanted to, you couldn't even try because the code is inside of the game. Mm -hmm. And so you're asking me about NFTs and what they are. And I think that over the last few years, the metaverse has some, suddenly become a thing for a you know a bigger audience. I mean, I first read about the metaverse, I think, somewhere in 2012, mm -hmm. when virtual reality started its new run-up because it failed in the 90s. And then with um, with Oculus, the company Oculus, and uh, what's his name? I always forget. Lucky. Lucky Palmer, you yeah. know, bringing back this tech, uh, suddenly people started to think about the future again and, and how the internet might evolve into something more and then these all this all came together but it's only been recently that the metaverse really became a, an issue a topic again and and it's at the same time where we're in this crazy period of a second crypto wave so to speak all okay. around nfts so now to come back to your question what are nfts the simplest way to look at an nft is a in my opinion is look at it like a label mm -hmm. a label that is hooked up to a ledger yeah that cannot be torn off it's very clear and on that ledger it says and this is unfalsifiable mm -hmm. what whatever your label is connected to is and to whom it belongs okay right so yeah. what an nft allows you to do and this is why it's so groundbreaking especially for the metaverse is that it allows you to make a virtual asset object or anything really you could think of in virtual space because we're very unlimited there yeah um and you can say look this is the original. I made this. This is unique. This is authentic. Mm -hmm. And if you see any others like this, it'll be a copy. If you can't even make a copy of it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm not the techiest of guys when it really comes to the in-depth technology behind it, but but that's that's the gist of it. 
And what that allows you to do is that for the first time, because we know, I mean, we come from a time where, you know, you and me probably have been uh, pirating uh, software and uh, music for years. You know, this is our generation. Um, and we, you could still do that. But now for the first time, it would be possible for you to say, well, look, I have this MP3. If, imagine we still use MP3s. Yeah. You could say, look, but this, this is the original, or this is a original from the original batch given out. Basically going, it's, it's the same thing as if you buy a, a, an expensive vinyl now mm -hmm. from the Beatles or something like that, yeah. and it's one of a, a limited batch. And that now is possible in the virtual space online. And yeah. that's why NFTs um, are really, really you know, creating a whole new world of possibilities. Does that answer the question? Yeah, it, it does. And I thank you for explaining in, in, in a simple way, I guess. And I guess the interesting thing is that, you know, again, from a lay person is looking at, um, uh, you know, what's happening in, in, in the art world, that these NFTs are being, you know, a, a printed or being um, uh, coined or whatever it is, and then being <clears throat> sold or teenagers are flipping them for, you know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of, of dollars. And I yeah. guess that most people are kind of understanding, quite asking the question, why? Um, and then I guess it's that it's, translating that into the broader business world of how this may be um, uh, applicable. And I, I guess it's then it's, it's the underlying technology in of itself, which is built on the blockchain, correct? That is the applications that then could be used across multi multiple things. And I guess, you know, mm -hmm. Gary Vee has talked about this, and this is yeah. About. So smart contracts, you know, the yes. legal space, for example, around yes. actually identifying who owns who. You know, Gary yes. even talked about you could NFT your house. For, you could for technically. <laughs> yes. So yeah. So so initially, my explanation is I gave it to you for NFTs is is one that mostly relates to virtual space, but of course, there's much more possible with with NFTs. Um, because NFTs could, in a, in a real sense, also be used to replace some um, mechanics that we have right now for identifying ownership uh, traditionally, right? So uh, like, for example, owning your house right now, you, you probably have a lease contract or you have, you know, your, uh, your mortgage. Yeah, stuff <laughs> like that. Ultimately, technically, it would be completely possible to buy a house, pay in crypto, and then get your ownership through an NFT, yeah. right? And if you do it that way, you could technically completely get rid of any other institutions that are involved with that process. And this is really where the, the power of blockchain and crypto, um, and I know these two terms are very often used together, but they're actually really not the same thing. And I, I shouldn't even use it right now because I'm saying crypto, but NFTs and crypto. Crypto is basically blockchain currencies. Yeah. Only work if they're extremely decentralized, which is why you could make a serious case that right now the only real crypto is Bitcoin, despite yeah. there being so many others that are called. Yeah. Then you have the NFTs, which is another blockchain usage where you basically label things. And you. the whole the idea behind is that if you do it that way, you have a dependable system if it is properly decentralized yeah. where you don't need other institutions for organizations anymore between me and you so i could buy your house directly we could agree a price and you can transfer the nft to my name and it will be in my name 100 yeah. percent you know verifiable so it's definitely possible yes it's i mean it's kind of fascinating in terms of where we're going to be in five years time ten years time let alone i've got a six-year-old and a three-year-old when we're you know grandparents of an age hopefully we make it that far kind of yeah. where, where this will all take us what why why then has kind of this the, the explosion of nfts 
almost from my perspective in terms of what I'm seeing on social in terms of the conversation becomes synonymous with synonymous uh, with the metaverse it seems that people are kind of talking about them in in parallel as if almost they're one and the same thing whereas they they feel like they're two as you look at it very very different things but yes. what, why do we think that is well I, I think I think a big part of that is the growing sentiment Mm-hmm. around the world especially right now during the pandemic i think that's even strengthened that we can't really trust the the powers that be yeah. we can't really trust our governments etc we can't tr- really trust big organizations and whether that is true or not it's not something that you know yeah. i'm gonna give my opinion on right now but it's a sentiment that has grown and yeah. so people are looking for ways to get back in control of everything that they're involved with you know my <laughs> My mother is telling me, I mean, it was there yesterday. She says, yeah, what if the bank suddenly take control of your account? You won't have any money if you don't have any cash because I don't use any cash, right? So, and the truth is that that's where, for example, crypto and blockchain come in because Bitcoin is is really right now an alternative where you could be in control of your your own cash again. And if the the banks could do nothing about it, if you have it on there and you have a way to use it, right? So so basically you, you, you can get banked um, without having other influences from outside. Mm-hmm. And then when we bring the metaverse in, the metaverse is a container, uh, basically a container label, I'd say right now, for anything to do with you know the next evolution or revolution of the internet. And that brings in, and, and the thing there is that why is NFT so closely related to it now is because it, it just feels very natural for people that if we're going to a next iteration of the internet mm-hmm. after all the you know the, the scandals we've had the last 10 years with our data being abused by companies like uh, meta formerly known as facebook <laughs> it's almost like prince for you know artists <laughs> artists known as meta formerly known as facebook <laughs> anyway but um you know and 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 and, and uh, of course uh, um uh, cambridge analytica mm-hmm. and that stuff during during the american elections People don't trust these companies anymore. So if we're moving to an internet that will be even further, deeper, integrated into our lives, where you know next generations will live partially in a virtual world with a virtual avatar, mm-hmm. even though you know the boomers and <laughs> up and away to the millennials don't really yeah. see how that would work. Mm-hmm. Younger generations are aware of this. Uh, basically, your age and mine down or who are still involved with tech, we understand that this can happen, but we don't want to trust our data anymore to these big companies and then nfts and blockchain itself Mm -hmm. suddenly becomes the perfect solution to fix that issue and it's just come at the right time so it's really oh man i get oh the hairs on the back of my neck go up because (laughs) i get chills because we're we're living really in a quintessential time where all these different technologies that are sprung up are coming together to create really a a brave new world (laughs) as aldous huxley uh, wrote uh, way back uh, way back when so what again this this is where i kind of i'm i'm struggling in my in my limited intellectual capacity to to kind of start to understand i understand i understand the metaverse but let's just you know for for those that listen don't let's give a very you know a a quick kind of summary what is the metaverse the metaverse i'm still coming up with a a short definition of it because ultimately the truth is that it's unknowable what the metaverse really is okay i mean imagine imagine looking back now to the late 90s when the internet started to rise yeah and the first 
forms of social media sprung up. You know, the first forms were just online forums with profiles, right? It was the first time you'd have a digital profile telling who you are that was accessible to other people. And at the same time, we had, you know, the rise of mobile telephones. And I, I recently did a talk at Blockchains and I showed a video of Dutch people who were asked in the streets in 1998, would you want a mobile phone? And they all said, no, I don't want a mobile phone. Imagine that. I'd be somebody calling me when I'm on a bicycle or I'm not that important. And, oh, if I get stranded somewhere, there's always a farm or a phone cell near where I can grab a phone. Why would need a phone, mobile phone? The truth is those people had no, absolutely no way of knowing yeah. what mobile telephony together with the internet would morph into, what it would mean for their lives, how it would impact them. They couldn't imagine that people today walk around with a screen in their pocket that tells them their bank account data, their personal data that serves as a Corona check when they go into a building that allows them to chat and talk with friends or keep up to date on their emails from work or you know do crypto and, and all the other crazy stuff you can do with your phone i mean people are playing pokemon go which is basically yeah. adding a layer to reality you know while they're outside and uh so they couldn't imagine so if you ask me right now what is a metaverse and i know that a lot of people listening to this podcast are gonna be super disappointed because <laughs> oh we're finally getting an answer <laughs> no i'm sorry you're not because we cannot know what the metaverse really is Okay. However, if you ask me right now, based on the knowledge that I have today, what should people expect from the metaverse, then I'm, I'm telling you right now, it's, it's, it is, yes, as many people say, just the next iteration of the internet, mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's also going to completely change our lives because our, the, our lives will be even more integrated into a virtual online world mm -hmm. that will allow us in some ways to have more freedom. Yeah. And what I personally think is a very important aspect is that if you look at the last 15 years, social media, uh, they're called social, but they've also led to a lot of issues in terms yep. of social behavior community, mm -hmm. because people might feel that they're connected, but they're also further apart. If you look like online toxicity and things like that, you yeah. see that because people are not actually um, accountable for things they do, they also behave in very strange and unsocial ways. Yeah. Whereas I feel that the next iteration, the metaverse, mm -hmm. will bring a lot of that back because it will break a lot of um, nonverbal communication yeah. and, and, and the ability to be intimate back and into the virtual world. I know that's hard to imagine for a lot of people, but that is what's happening because mm -hmm. it will bring the whole internet experience to a three-dimensional space yeah. and it will integrate more senses. And therefore, I ultimately believe that it might be the first step into a great new world where we can actually interact. And I haven't even started on the potential impact it might have on our uh, environment and our climate, because I know crypto is known for being bad for the climate, generally yeah. speaking. But when you look at new technologies there, that's changing with going from proof of work to proof of stake. And if we have virtual worlds, imagine that a few years from now you're wearing glasses mm -hmm. and you like a Pokemon Go kind of environment, yeah. you see a layer over reality. Imagine you wouldn't have to have a television anymore or a screen yeah. for your computer because it's, it's something that's created by your glasses. That means that no factory has to produce it. We have to mine no silicon for the chips that are inside of it. Um, so, and, and you could do that with a lot of stuff, mm -hmm. right? 
So it would have a potential tremendous impact. If, if you've ever watched Star Trek and you've ever watched the planet of Vulcan, you might have wondered, you know, there's nothing here. These Vulcans are super advanced, but if you look around, you only see mountains and really artistic buildings and they just teleport around. How does that even work? Well, I always thought that's impossible, but now I realize that it's possible if all of that is virtualized. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to, this is a very long answer. No, it's, it's, it's and, not. Uh, I think, I think what, what I, what I picked up on there, I think is a really neat way of kind of describing it is that it's just taking the internet into the three-dimensional. Yes. I think that's, and that's, that's a nice way to help kind of people un, un, understand that. I guess the next question is, is that um, if we go back to your point around, um, you know, World of Warcraft, for example, World of Warcraft fundamentally owned your avatar, yes. owned mm. you in yes. that uh, environment, is that I believe, if I'm right, the concept of the metaverse that is that you will own you <laughs> and then you can take you, a bit like I guess the, the NFT example, into whatever meta, whatever world that might be but surely someone somewhere is still owning empowering the environment in which you are going into mm. yeah no maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no no i I'm, I'm thinking about that and and it's a great question and first and foremost i'm trying to find a way how to explain this if you look at a world today right yeah you live in a country Mm -hmm. And your country might be part of a continent or like in our, in my case, I'm still part of the EU. I'm sorry, Alex. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, you might be part of a bigger hole. And so I might be Dutch, but I can travel across borders to Germany mm -hmm. and I can take some of my stuff with me, perhaps not everything. And I can still identify there. Yeah. Um, but the rules might change, right? Yeah. The rules might change because there's a government that's in control of, of those rules. Yeah. But ultimately, my, my identity and my personality, uh, I own that, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Metaverse is not going to be much different. Your profile will be like a super profile that will be in a blockchain and might even move between blockchains because just like the real world, what you'll see ultimately is that the metaverse will not be just one open space. There will yeah. be, again, different territories, right? Mm -hmm. There might be your open metaverse, what we're building. Yeah. Um, and there might be an, another something, for example, um, let's say in the DJ world, there's a, there's another metaverse being created, which is called uh, uh, um, Solarnium Galaxy, I think. Okay. Uh, Solarnium, yeah, Solarnium Galaxy, I'm pretty sure. And, you know, that might be a different space with a different set of rules, just like there's different rules in the Netherlands versus Germany and yeah. different rules in the EU versus the United States. Mm -hmm. And what they own, I mean, yes, some the rules of what's possible within those environments will be owned by the well not organizations that are behind it because this, this is another thing where blockchain comes in and it's, it's yeah. very important to understand um yes th there's two things that play a role here first of all your data as a profile who, who is your vir virtual personality and what does he yeah. own that's in a blockchain mm -hmm. and that blockchain can also be owned by the people that have the blockchain in that way in the future you will see that 
ownership and intellectual property of a blockchain will be transferred into this blockchain, into this NFT blockchain. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, like shares are being sold today yep. in a company to shareholders. And so anybody that's on that blockchain that has a profile there and that owns tokens in the blockchain to use in that ecosystem will also be an owner of the blockchain itself and therefore an owner of all the data yeah. and that will be verified. So that data is safe, but you wouldn't be able to show yourself in the metaverse without servers, you know, and infrastructure. Yeah. And those will be owned by somebody else. And mm -hmm. those will be services that will have to be bought and paid for by companies that are creating meta spaces in these metaverses. Right. And outside, and ex, yeah. And so if you would like to exist outside of these official meta spaces, but a little perhaps like the movie Tron Legacy, where they go off the grid, yeah. uh, then you would have to host that yourself right. with all the limitations that come with it, just like in that movie where they don't really have any roads. So they have to, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. a little bit, a little <laughs> bit like that. Um, okay. Does that, make, does, like, that, like does that clarify it a little for you? It, it does. I think, again, the, the, the way that you made the analogy between countries kind of makes sense. So I guess I'm, if I'm then trying to, again, bring it back to, you know, for listeners, maybe trying to make it more, more tangible. If we take uh, your LinkedIn profile, for example, the theory behind it is that fundamentally that could be your, your business profile in the metaverse. And no longer does LinkedIn slash Microsoft own that that's your business profile which you could then take to different countries slash meeting rooms slash metaverses and that's how you present yourself in the business world that is yours that you can move across multiple platforms or multiple yes. meta spaces rather yes. than currently what we have to have is multiple versions of yourself yes. owned by different companies yes and depending on where you go, you'll be allowed to take different things with you. So, for example, if with that my EU platform and go to the US, yeah. I might still be able to use my EU bank accounts, mm -hmm. but I might also go to a country where, like China, where I'm not actually able to access that anymore. And this, I mean, it's not a perfect yeah. analogy, but to give you an idea. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, what, what what are the current use cases that you're seeing today in a in a in a B two B Con construct, if any, um, and I would encourage people to go and look at the BMAP website. It's very cool in terms of how it uh, how it works. I'll put the links in the um, in the podcast. Still can't get this YouTube thing right um, yeah. in the podcast somewhere. But what are, what are you seeing today in terms of the business use cases? And you know, if we put our social selling hats on, um, yeah. <laughs> wh where do we? And of course, no one's going to hold you to this. Where do we believe? What do we think the applications might be? Yeah. In a B2B sales and marketing, dare I say it's um construct. Yeah, no, that's another another great question. And I know this is one that's on the mind of a lot of people. Um first of all, let, let's accept that these kind of changes they don't go overnight. Yeah. Right. And although I truly believe that a lot of these changes will impact our personal and professional lives much faster and much more than we might expect today, um, that's still means that for some people it will go faster and shorter. If you look at LinkedIn adoption, for example, and you're very familiar with this, I'm sure, you'll see that first industries that really adopted it were tech and then fintech, fin, you mm -hmm. know, more or less that kind of kind of path. And the last people to adopt it were, you know, the so social workers, you know, healthcare system, yeah. people there really really were very, very late. I mean, if you yeah. were a nurse or a doctor, you weren't on LinkedIn until recent years. Not, not, you know, very big chance. 
Yeah. So the same thing is going to happen with metaverse. There's going to be industries and where it is more applicable. And so one that where right now this is already a serious thing is, for example, in real estate and architecture. So okay. there's a whole division of, of um, metaverse creation, which is called Arc, ArcVis, mm -hmm. architectural visualization. And what really is happening is there that uh, the whole industry is moving from more traditional ways of visualizing projects uh, and creating new architectural work um, from a very, you know, analog way, you know, making the drawings mm -hmm. and then making a maquette or something like that. Yeah. Or a concept art. That is now all going metaverse. So initially it's still closed off meta spaces where one company might say, okay, this is, we're building a massive um, massive shopping mall plus apartments in the center of Berlin, right, right next to the Second World War monument. This is actually a project that I worked on in a previous yeah. company. Uh, but we want to start getting more investors on board, mm -hmm. and we want to start selling before it's actually built. Yeah. <clears throat> and so what they did is they basically uh, got a company, my previous company, to build all of it in 3D in Unreal Engine, and then basically made it available for clients and investors to go and visit. Right. So this is not yet a connected metaverse as I foresee it will happen next, but it's an experience and they could go and visit it on their phone, could go and visit it on their laptop, could go and visit it with a virtual reality headset, walk mm -hmm. through it and truly experience what it would be like when it's actually there. So this is a real world application where the metaverse is used to sell a product or service, to visualize it yeah. to a much more immersive um, version. Another way that we're already seeing today is due to the pandemic, uh, you know, a lot of events are going hybrid, yeah. right? Where there is might be a, a real life component or not at all. And there's an online component. And one, of, one thing a lot of us will recognize is that the online, the, the first, you know, experience we had with Zoom and, and Teams and stuff like that, it's very two-dimensional. Yeah. And it's, let's face it, it's very easy to get distracted. You know, you're sitting behind your computer. You think that this speaker is going to be super interesting. Yeah. The reality is, is that somewhere halfway through his talk, you realize you completely drifted off and you're on your Facebook profile again. Right. So immersion there again is very important. Mm -hmm. And even though, you know, <laughs> uh, some generations might really not see themselves going to an event using an avatar or in a three-dimensional space yet. Uh, I can tell you that, uh, you know, the next generation, kids are playing Roblox and Minecraft now. For them, this is already second nature. Mm -hmm. So going to an event, experiencing that way is definitely going to, is, is already happening. Now, one of the things that really helped that back was the fact that, uh, you know, six million years of evolution trod us to see somebody in the, in the, in the eye and yeah. recognize their, their facial uh, nonverbal communication. It was very important for how we, we interact. And so right now it still feel, feels like you can't do that in the metaverse. So you need video. But yeah. the truth is, is that if you look at tech just the last few months, that's that's really about to change massively. Okay. I mean, there's this other super big startup that's going mass, uh, going really hard called MetaHero that yeah. has the ability to scan you into a virtual avatar, which is super realistic. And then there's another company called, I think, Ziva Technologies, just off the mm -hmm. top of my head. And they developed the tech where they can make super realistic facial expressions on MetaHumans in Unreal Engine. So the only next step is that just like we now have to train our Alexa or Google Home to recognize our voice. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> um, uh, just like that, within a few years, I, I'd say two to five years max, it mm -hmm. will be possible to use your phone 
scan your face, make several facial expressions. Yeah. It will map your face, and then you can stick that on your avatar. And when when your webcam is looking at you and you're doing something, or when you're wearing a sorry some glasses, it will recognize your facial expressions and translate them to the metaverse. So that means that that whole part of nonverbal communication not being uh, there is going to be fixed. And then suddenly being in a, in a virtual space with a photorealistic uh, colleague having a meeting and looking each other in the eye yeah. will, will actually be almost the same as in the real world. You've already answered my question I was going to ask in terms of, because fundamentally you can create any avatar that you want in, um, in, in the metaverse. And I, I've been tinkering with Ready Player Me and already in terms of creating an avatar. So whilst it's not scanning your face, you can, with your phone, it will help map your face against your avatar so when you're doing the move you know raising the eyebrows and the smiling your avatar is mimicking what you're doing let alone i mean my my kids <clears throat> whether it's right or wrong but it's inevitable um they really enjoy the tiktok filters they're yeah. not recording videos but they love putting the different facial features on on tiktok and it yeah. follows you around and does what you do and all, all, all that kind of stuff so yeah. i think absolutely you know, you know the more i'm thinking about it and that's why i'm sort of keen to get you on the more i'm hearing you kind of speak about it in a in a in a way that makes sense to to me it's kind of almost exciting the evolution of where microsoft could take your linkedin profile and yeah. how that might work in you know in in the business world you've seen what's happening in teams you know your teams are now spinning up your avatars in there and that imagine this then becomes you own it but you can connect it and i guess that's what ready player me is all about you create your yep. avatar but then you can transport that into different yep. uh different places yeah i mean yeah i mean look uh I, I just realized i didn't really answer your question very well because you asked me you know what are there today for applications business-wise and I, I gave the real estate one but just to give a few other ones just mm -hmm. to 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 you know um yeah. supplement my answer um for example in the netherlands there's this big construction company bomb they're also uh, they're international, I think. Mm -hmm. And a few years ago, they built uh, customer experience centers where people would go for a whole day with an advisor to basically put together their house as it was going to be built. You know, yeah. they select the kitchen, they select everything in one center, mm -hmm. but it's all f physical. Yeah. All of that stuff can be virtualized, right? You wouldn't have to leave your home. You and your partner can just log in on your laptop or use your new PlayStation VR and go and visit yeah. the center like that. And they're already making that stuff and you can put together your new house. Another example, fashion. I worked with a very amazing fashion project called Semblance Project. You can look it up online. They're creating, you know, the future of fashion where they will have virtual catwalks so that people can visit from across the world fashion shows if they can't actually be there. Mm -hmm. And with new tech, you know, Unity just week showed off online their ability to scan fabrics and then recreate them virtually where they, they move realistically, they have the same texture realistically. Um, you know, the only thing that's missing is the haptic feedback from touching it, but trust, trust me, that's not far off either, just a few years. So it will be possible to go into a fashion store very soon, you know, like, and you will be able to upload your avatar, which might be, you know, a, a realistic representation of you in size because you went to a MetaHero event or a MetaHero store down the street where they scanned your whole body or or even you did it with our company, BeamUp. Yeah. And then uh, you can just try in fashion before you order it so you know how it looks on you, right? Mm -hmm. You can upload your avatar and then and, and check out what it would look like on you. So, the, and stuff like this already exists. Yeah. It's already there. But right now, it's for the early adopters, right? It's like for people like me, that, that first 10, 10%. But it means it already is there. That means that it's going to grow, it's going to mature, and more people are going to start using it. And within a few years, it'll, it'll suddenly be mainstream before you know it. 
Yeah, it's uh, it, 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 it's super exciting. And I was like reading, uh, uh, I think, a piece the other day about horse racing, for example. Yeah. I think it's De- De- Delphi, Dayfi or something. They created mm-hmm. a, um, a horse racing world where you can go and buy, you could buy, you could buy a horse, you know, buy a horse, right? Yeah. <laughs> own, yep. You own the horse and then you're going to make money in you know in this virtual horse racing world so i started thinking maybe, maybe i can finally become a horse you know a racing trainer or just like <laughs> that. Got any i guess you know motor racing all these different types of um uh, of applications that i'm yeah yep. you know, i'm i'm super excited about where it's going to go from a from a b2b perspective you, you touched on the environment you know no longer do we necessarily have to get on airplanes now anyway because of you know the the zoom team's environment but um, certainly, I reflect on the film *The Kingsman* when they had all the the agents and holograms, you know, sitting around the table. It sounds like that yeah. that is eminently possible that you can have yeah. a physical <clears throat> business meeting between yourself and a potential client, but this you're is... in you're doing it in you know in, yeah. in your open 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 verse or, um, or where, wherever it might be. I think what a lot of people don't realize is that, uh, for example, Google Glass development didn't stop after the initial problems with privacy. Mm-hmm. What did happen is that they moved it to a B2B space and they kept developing. Uh, you know, there's just been a massive contract for HoloLens, Microsoft's basically yeah. Google uh, Eye alternative that allows them to overlay a augmented reality layer over what you're seeing on reality. So there's also this gray space. It's not all only in the virtual space or only in the real space. There's also this connection being built. And here again, NFTs can play a massive role like we discussed before, because you could NFT your house. Yeah. Um, there's being connections made between the physical world and the virtual world. And that's also the metaverse. And so tech where in the movies we see holograms sitting there and we're thinking like how are we going to project this that's how we always thought of it now it's actually different we really realize there's different solutions to that if everybody who were in contact is wearing contact lenses and already this is tech that's being developed right now where we can overlay another layer on top of our reality we can all experience the same thing if we're wearing these lenses and we can see you i can see you sitting 3d in your studio here next to me yeah. um and and we could have a real conversation. So I think that, and that tech is still being developed. Google is working on that. Microsoft is working on that. You know, there's a company called Magic Leap who, who have been yeah. silently developing some kind of groundbreaking tech for years now. And that's all really coming to a, a first level of maturation, I think, uh, where it will be something that's actually usable for people. Uh, and, and, and that's, yeah, that's ultimately going to really change how we interact with our world and with each other. Absolutely. And again, magically, you, you kind of got on to the kind of the final bit of this episode that wanted to, wanted to was the, I also believe that will be the bridge between this is um, what is some people refer to as XR, so extended reality, yeah. and that segue between you're still here in the physical, but you're having things projected. And I think I reflect back on uh, when I got married many moons ago. Um, my wife kindly allowed me to get um, the Oakley Airwave, which was the Oakley goggles with recon. In- I remember those. <laughs> I mean, they weren't cheap. You know, recon, unfortunately, have now gone bust. Yeah. But it was a little head-up display literally under my yeah. eye here, which yeah, we yeah. Could, you could then see the where the map was. It was dangerous how fast you were going. So there's me going down the mountain, trying to go faster and oh, faster. Yeah. That was seven, when I married my wife, seven years ago. Oh, yeah. um, and you felt like you were controlling Airwolf. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, it was very cool. Control the music. You see text message unfortunately it's gone bust so now i have a redundant piece of technology which doesn't um doesn't do anything but i i for one believe that 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 is going to be the most accessible 
because you're right, whether it's HoloLens, you know, Google Lens, I hadn't even given to given the even thought process around mm. PlayStation, Xbox. This is already part of kind of get the, the gaming um, fraternity, yep. as it's uh, uh, mm. as it as it were. So, um, if people want to learn more about more about crikey, more about this more broadly, that's not even English. Um, if they want to learn more about this, where where can people go to find you? Where can people go to find Beam Up? And uh, so, what's the, what's the best way to reach out? Ooh, if they want to find more, well, uh, your open metaverse, uh, our website will offer a lot of information, but obviously um, that's twofold because on the one hand, it's mainly focused right now on our NFT and our token, our blockchain tech that we're using, but that's at yom.community. So yom.community, that's where you can find everything around your open metaverse. Obviously, there's a website, BeamUp, which is more like the agency where we build these kind of experiences, metaverses, um for clients and brands so let's say that you you know you want to build the the ask alex metaspace where people can come on friday to actually (laughs) see you and meet you um in a three-dimensional space or like a game where you know you might even have a little treasure hunt going on stuff like that if you want to build something like that then you know www.beamup.com is the place for to go because that's our agency we're going to get a new website I'm, i'm happy you like the one as is but its performance is not really what we want and we're really updating that to be completely in line with with the work we'll be doing um so that's the two places to go you can follow me obviously mm-hmm. i'm on twitter um wow i don't even remember my own twitter handle but i'm sure you <laughs> we'll can put the links in the chat you can we'll put, put that in the link uh anybody that wants information feel free to connect with me on linkedin obviously i'm there uh, i'm probably one of the only aragorns there's there's a few but the only 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 aragorn merlinags uh, and uh, and our Telegram is also a place. So yeah, there's, there's lots of channels, but feel free to reach out to me. Everything will probably be in the uh, in the uh, the podcast information that you provide. I'll give you anything you need. Telegram's a weird place, but well, we won't go. Uh, we won't go there. Um, <laughs> Aragorn, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for being the first. Um, it's the, the third time I've had a guest, where it's the first time they've done a podcast in their in their new guys. So I feel very blessed for uh, for that. It's been um, uh, very informative. Uh, to all my listeners, I hope you found it very informative as well. Um, if you want to be on this, you know what to do. If you want people to be on this, again, you know what to do. But uh, Aragorn, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Alex. See you in the metaverse.